Hello and welcome to the reaction to Celtic's dominant display against St Mirren at Celtic Park in which the green and white hoops ran out 4-0 winners. That was almost flawlessly like a pure professional one there. Uh, Celtic won 4-0, Yaldi. Um, and we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk through it. Uh, a cold night at Celtic Park. Uh, I am joined uh, today by Lorenzo Pacitti. Hello Lorenzo, how are you my friend? Come on, the green and white hoops. <laughs> yep. I, I, you know, I, I set myself up for that one. Uh, it's good to hear from you, Lorenzo. We're also joined by Annabelle McDonald. Hello, Annabelle. How are you? Hi, Chris. I'm good. Brand new member of VAR CSE over here. <sighs> Jesus. We actually got decisions going for us, but it was Weird. De- decisions we should have got anyway. It's all it's all a bit odd, but we can talk through it. Um, as we say, Celtic, uh, pretty damn dominant. Um, lots of uh, great moments in this game. Uh, we can talk through them all. Uh, let's just get some general thoughts on it um, because, you know, after uh, playing Kilmarnock two weeks in a row, it was good to play opposition uh, that weren't Kilmarnock. Um, Annabelle, your general thoughts on the game overall? Excellent. After all that talk about St Mirren being the only team to have beaten us in the league, and was I worried going into it? No. Was I justified not being worried? Yes. Yeah. Great performance. That was some really classic liquid Ange ball. I thought it was good to see so many players as well. Not so many, but a few who've maybe been a bit off the boil, kind of coming back into form and just a really nice dominant show, a nice clean sheet. It was just a really nice performance. I'm just really happy. Yeah. 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 Hey, listen, I'm right there with you. Uh, Lorenzo, your thoughts on uh, just general thoughts on the game overall? Yeah, just nicely routine about it you know it's Parkhead it's a game that on paper we should always be dominating but the whole St Mirren thing has been I don't know if it's just they have to write about something during the week so there has been a wee bit more of this idea there's some kind of threat or there's a wee banana skin here but the way we're playing you know I think you've heard pundits talk about in the radio the the depth of the squad we have you know it can be an embarrassment of riches sometimes so when you have a midweek game you can trust Ange to make as many changes as he wants when we've got a fully fit squad and nobody's going to be too upset uh, so it was nice just to have like a really routine, dominant kind of hammering of a side who are decent, you know, have been playing okay, um, gave us a decent game, but at the end of the day, the quality kind of shone through and the chances were taken, which is nice. Yeah, absolutely. Um, some really good goals, some really good play. Uh, I've taken a note of a couple of points where it was really just really well worked play. Um, and again, we can talk about it as, it, as and when uh, it comes up. Um, the lineup. Uh, a little surprise or two from Mr. Postacoglu, as uh, we had, let me talk you through it, um, Joe Hart was in goals, we had Alistair Johnson at right back, Kobayashi started uh, in place of Cameron Carter-Vickers, um, and he was partnering uh, Carol Starfelt at the central, excuse me, sorry, central defence, then Juranovic was at left back, um, good to see him just consistently start to play, even though there's obviously the, the rumours linking him away. McGregor, Hitati, O'Reilly, uh, Abada, Jota, each side of Kyogo. Interestingly, on the bench, we had Scott Bain, Haksabanovic, Aaron Moy, Turnbull, Awata, Maeda, Forrest, Ralston, good to see Ralston back, and good to see uh, Stephen Welsh back. Uh, there's no Jens on the bench, but there was no Jackamakis. Uh, we heard uh, from the uh, Celtic manager that Cameron Carter-Vickers and uh, Giacomakis felt something kind of pulled up, so probably more of a safety precaution rather than uh, you know a, a, an overall you know impending exit, shall we say, from Giacomakis or whatever. But at the same time, Lorenzo, optics-wise, you look at that and you think 
you know, why isn't he on the bench? And I know, I know Andrew said it's because he's injured, but at the same time, and the you know, you're the cogs in your head are turning a little bit, right? Yeah, well, I mean, Andrew made it quite clear that if he was fit, he'd be you know he'd be involved in the squad. But I feel like it's it's probably a half truth. You know, I feel like there probably was, and that there's something. If there's anything, though, you know, you've got a one. You know, you want to keep your players fit, you want to rotate, and if they don't feel right, they don't feel right. And two, in a possible impending transfer, if he feels anything, if yeah. there's any like slight niggle, cold, anything, then that's why you sit him out. So I feel like it's kind of fifty-fifty, and like Ange telling half truths, but um. As Carter Vickers is probably, you know, very much the other way where it's take no risks in a midweek game against St. Mirren at Parkhead. Good chance to get Kobayashi in. Um, and, you know, we've got centre halves of, of decent quality and Yen's dropping out now. Looks probably like the, the nail in it is in his coffin at Celtic. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yourself, Annabelle, what did you make of the the additions of, um, obviously, Kobayashi, Juranovic uh, continuing to start as well? Thoughts? Yeah, really interesting. I try not to be kind of lured into the idea that refreshing the squad quite heavily is always a good thing because I feel like I've been tricked by that before <laughs> from, from Ange. I don't know if that was even the last time when St. Brown beat us. I don't know if that was a few changes and we were thinking, oh, this is going to be great. And then it turns out terribly. So I tried to w- go in just saying, let's just see uh, how this goes. But yeah, um, clearly it really, really worked for us. It's it exciting to see Kobayashi getting his debut, but also very surprising. And you're talking about an embarrassment of riches. Um, if, if Jens was still in there, I would have said we're starting to have an embarrassment of riches in the centre-back department, which yeah. I never thought I could have said. And obviously not quite all of the same quality, but... Um, but yeah, having having Kobayashi there and him having his debut at home starting is is really great for him. And I thought, well, I know we'll talk about it, but I thought he did really well. Um, I think Juranovic is the only kind of one where I was like, what? Do we know what happened to Burnaby? Um, we we don't. Um, we don't. I, don't. I don't recall hearing anything about about him. So that was that gave me kind of pause for concern. Where are all of our left backs? We had two decent left backs. I obviously know Greg Greg, Greg Taylor. Greg, Greg Taylor's been kind of. Uh, injured so yeah I kind of was a bit uh, seeing him at left back again because I don't think I think obviously we we see flashes of him being the really good player that he is but I don't think he's a left back because he's not he is a right back so um, yeah a lot a lot of surprises at the back a brand new centre back pairing and it was kind of nice to, to see Starfield step, stepping up into that sort of senior centre back role yeah it was really interesting yeah yeah for me Kobayashi I think we always talk about what's the kind of perfect um situation to give specifically even a centre half a debut I think it's this I think I really do think it's this I think uh, Celtic Park uh, on a you know crisp evening with a team that you know I know as as you said both said the kind of narrative has this been submitting the only team to beat us and all that but at Celtic Park I, I really don't fear anyone um that midfield three Hatate O'Reilly and obviously Cal McGregor in midfield happy with that uh, Lorenzo you know and, and the forward three it's almost like the kind of original kind of uh, forwards with the uh, Abada Jota and Kyogo bit of a throwback what's your thoughts on the midfield and the forward line I mean that's my that's my ideal forward line in midfield I think in general I'm a big Abada guy um, so I think I, I, I was very happy with it O'Reilly has you know he's got to find his way back into kind of the form he's shown, he's got to be nailing down that starting spot again. It's been good to see competition for those places, but Hatati is, you know, been on fire and there's no debate now. It used to be who's going to drop out, would it be Hatati or O'Reilly? How do you bed something new in? Now it's O'Reilly's head on the chopping block, you know, and we've got new midfielders, there's new guys to come in. Moy's been in good form. So it's nice to see him start. I thought he had a decent game tonight, not quite back to his best. Um, 
but he's a guy I like to see play, particularly at Celtic Park. I think when he can find himself a bit of space, um, I think O'Reilly can be really devastating. So I was very pleased with that front six. Yeah, um, Annabelle, yourself, in regards to Kyogo, you just, he's starting to really kind of hit form. Oh yeah, he's he's right back in it, um, which is great to see. He's clearly thriving and he's clearly really happy with it, which is always nice. So I think the squad's at the front is definitely in a good place. I think it kind of showed through Jota as well, coming back into coming back into form a wee bit tonight. Obviously not quite back on his goal scoring form, um, but he looked a lot more confident tonight. He was making a lot more kind of contributions to that forward play. And I still don't know if I'm in a bad guy. I just don't know. I I really go hot and cold with the because he'll have games where like I thought tonight he was he was really good. Um and as well. Yeah, he just he just he's put a good performance, great goal. But then other games I'm like, you might as well not even be there. I forgot you were playing. So yeah, I th- I think I think it probably is my favourite front three though, just yeah, for the throwback element, absolutely. Um midfield, um delighted to see Matt O'Reilly back in there. I think his performance tonight was very much an integral cog of what was a very good team performance wasn't necessarily a show of individual brilliance but I thought the standard of the team in general kind of brought him up to that level which was really nice to see because yeah he is you're right he's really fighting for that place now um I don't think he's been hugely off form but it's when you hear the stats about him trying to score and having the most assists and things they had another pop tonight and it just didn't work out for him I'm starting to feel bad like, just put him out of his misery someone just let him have one go on <laughs> yeah because that, that's how it works um Lorenzo, your thoughts on Annabelle's uh, Abada um, criticism? Um, she was pretty harsh there, wasn't she? It's disgusting. It's unwarranted. It's aggressive. Uh, no, I've I've defended Abada just whenever he's come under any fire because I I also do have a like a thing for hot and cold wingers <laughs> in particular. They all are, you know what I mean? Like the ones that are so consistent are beyond amazing. You know, Jota is next level. Jota's so consistent, he's so consistently good, he's so consistently involved. But Abada is just, he goes on streaks of insane goal scoring form. He scores, you know, big goals, he scores very he scores very similar goals, which excites me about a forward, you know, like in a front three. And Kyogo does that, you know, as well. They score goals that are, are kind of replicas of each other across like a, a week or a month. And it just you can just see everything working the way it's meant to. And for me, whenever Abada scores anything at the back post anything like that, it just feels, I almost feel like you can see Ange, you know, just seeing it's worked, you know, whatever he's doing the training ground, whatever Harry Kuehl's telling him as a winger, all these things are working and he seems like a good kind of student of this kind of uh, system and he's a very hard worker and I just love Leah Labada and I hope he stays here forever and I can don't go Don't get on. me wrong, Lorenzo, I'm no Abada hater, I don't want to be painted with that brush <laughs> so early in as well to this podcast, but um, no, I just think he, he's had a couple of performances where I just don't think he really does much. But you're right, to be fair, those are definitely um, the minority of his performances. And and I really liked what you said about scoring those same type of goals. I really like those sort of patterns, you see, because exactly it does kind of prove that what they're doing in training is is manifesting on the pitch, which is something, you know, we saw none of under the previous rules. So it's, yeah. it's, it is really, <laughs> sorry to bring that up, but um it's really nice to see. You know, I, I, I do like Abada, and and to be fair, yeah, I think there was a chance early on for Abada. Um, I think it would have been like a diving header that he didn't manage to get a touch on. I think in the end, and it's stuff like that where you're saying he's got to score that, and it's like, well, no, because it's not really. I don't know. It doesn't feel like his type of his type of goal. Yeah, it's not him sneaking it in the back post and kind of tapping it in. It's not an Abada goal. So yeah, it's a really good point. Um, I, I think uh, you know, um, to be honest, great promo on Abada there, uh, Lorenzo. I have to say, but yeah, I think um, and a great point. Annabelle about the kind of seeing the kind of uh, 
patterns. I think patterns is a, a really good point because we there was some really good movement off the ball today that I think created a lot of space. Um, but yeah, before we start actually talking about the action, Haksabanovic was on the bench. Great to see him back. I'm a I'm a Haksabanovic guy. Um, get to see Tony Ralston back after a long, and obviously Stephen Welsh as well after a, a long kind of uh, time out of it. It's funny that. Dyson Maida is like probably our most consistently informed player at the current time. He didn't even start, you know, and you know, and it's funny as well because when he doesn't start, it's kind of like, oh well, that's fine because we're bringing in Abada or you know, and and the fact that what Abada being on the right let Jota be on the left, I think that flavor, that bubble, terrific. Uh, the game itself, um, you know. How did we start, Lorenzo? How do you think we kind of we started uh, uh, the game? Fast, you know, with a bit of just from the kickoff, you know, a bit of impetus. Uh, I don't, th- I don't buy into any kind of revenge game stuff, anything like that. With with Ange, he does not seem like that kind of manager. Uh, but I think it's a midweek game and it's a parkhead, and they can go south. You know, if you let them go twenty five minutes, half an hour without a goal, everyone's freezing. Everyone's a bit frustrated. Yeah. Everyone. Kinda wishes maybe there's a part of her that's maybe I should have stayed in the house. Maybe I should have stayed in the house. Yeah. So early goals are a big deal. And I think fast starts in those games just makes the opposition really uncomfortable. Uh you don't want Simon to think they're kind of in for a a night where they're gonna frustrate you the whole night and it's gonna be tough. Um and I think Celtic kind of made a concerted effort to stop that in its tracks and started quite fast and everything was going quite well from the beginning. Um unlucky a few times at start as well. I mean the first what minute we had that penalty show, whatever it was, you know, it's just, just, just things were happening nice and fast. And Abad is that kind of player for me again, not to spend this whole podcast talking about Abada, but he brings that, he brings that kind of, um, you tell him to go and he's off. And it's why he does fade out of games, I think as well, because almost when a game stops and starts too much is how Abada fades out of a game. When games are free flowing and we're scoring goals and we're winning, that's why Abada kind of scores and fits and starts. And he always scores in the games where we hammer teams. You know, I think there's there's players that kind of thrive off that in this team. Yeah, absolutely. Annabelle, how do you think we started? I mean, what I liked was Kyogo from the the offset was just you know pressing straight off the bat. It was great to see. It was delightful to see, and and it kind of makes you think: is that coming off the back of the confidence he's got from you know being fully aware that he is back in form? Um, am I right thinking is he still the top goal scorer at the moment in yeah. the league? Yeah. yeah. So I mean. You can see he's probably got that in his mind. And I think, I agree that I don't think Ange is someone who's going to go out of a game and say, oh, this is the only team that beat us, you know, yeah, revenge, all that, all that crap. Yeah, I don't think he's going to do that. But part of me does wonder, you know, is it in the back of any of these players' minds that this is the only team to beat us domestically? Do we have a point to prove here? I like to think so just because that's what I would think. Like going into this game, I was thinking we need to put a stamp on this. Um so I wonder if that was the case, and and just, it's kind of hard to imagine it wasn't for Kyogo anyway, who just went out there um, on a mission to stop them, which I think was really good. And um, I don't know if it fed into their game plan. St. Mirren, to be honest, I don't want to have to praise the opposition too much, but I did think they really tried to play football tonight, which is really refreshing after two games against Kilmarnock in a row. Oh. Um, so they they did really try. They were kind of making the most of their most of their possession, even though they didn't have as much as I thought. But then. We kind of were reminded very early that we needed to play with that kind of intent consistently. You know, we couldn't just drop the ball. And um, I felt, yeah, really, really sharp, really nice interplay up in, up in their half really early on. I was really excited in the first sort of 10 minutes of the game and um, thinking this is this is going to be good. And I'm glad they didn't let me down. Yeah. Um, Kyogo Furuhashi, after today's game, um, he did get two goals and we'll talk through those goals. Um, 17 goals 
uh, in the Scottish Premiership. Um, one beh- one ahead of uh, Shankland at Hearts. Um, the penalty shout happened very, very quickly. Um, I think it happened literally within the first minute or two. 30 seconds. 30 seconds. Uh, thank you. Um, there wasn't a lot of replays either. Did did. There was there was one replay of a terrible angle from behind, <laughs> surprisingly. What did you think, Annabelle Penalty? I wanted another replay of it, or I wanted VAR to even look at it. As far as I'm aware, they didn't look at it. So nah. yeah, before I go on to be happy about VAR later, um, after roasting it earlier on in the week, um, yeah, what the hell? Why not even look at that? Exactly. Got pulled down in the box. Where's it? Why is no one checking it? Is it because it's thirty seconds in and they think, "Oh, it's too early for any of that"? That's not how it works. Hey, hundred percent. I agree with you. That is exactly. You know, you referee the game at the first minute as you do in the seventy fifth minute as you do in the ninetieth, ninetieth. Um, Lorenzo, what's your thoughts? Was it a penalty? Uh, well, I, I mean, I saw that one replay as well, but I had my. It looked like it would have been very soft to me, but again, I've not seen other angles. And as you say, it just it does seem silly that it wasn't looked at because it seemed enough, you know, there's a debate about it, there's enough to look at it there. They um, looked at less for longer. Yeah, and then given them against mm-hmm. us. Uh, so yeah, it just seems silly because it was death. There was, you know, there's a hand there. There's a lot of those that happen in the box where it's like, is there a tug? Is there enough of a tug? Is there anything in it? But they always get looked at because if you can, you know, actually see if a guy tugs a player's shirt, then it's pretty cut and dry. Uh, but it looked like it might have been soft to me. And again, thankfully, it didn't actually matter. Yeah, um, in regards to Celtic's play from the midfield to forward line, um, I, I agree with Annabelle and yourself, Lorenzo. I think they were sharp. Uh, we started um, quite aggressively without necessarily creating too many guilt-edged chance. I think it was just a, a case of patience. I've written here, uh, defensive issues early on, dash, understandably, question mark. Um the 10th minute, uh, St Mirren get a, a goal, but it's it's disallowed because of VAR, thankfully. And I've just put here a bit of a defensive mess. Um, Kobayashi's is a new centre-half. Uh, Starfield's playing on the right-hand side and when he usually plays on the left. Um, Alistair Johnson, this is his third game. Juranovic is at left-back. These are all culminations of a completely changed defence so I'm not surprised what did you make of uh, the VAR decision to not allow it Lorenzo did you think it was the right one and what did you think of a little bit of slack playing and uh, defensively but as I say I, I think it's understandable yeah I mean he's he's just off I thought just um, but yeah as you say I think we talked earlier about this being a good game to bring a new centre half into you know a parkhead team you should beat but at the same time he's got that SPFL supposed baptism of fire of you know a Curtis main <laughs> yeah no, these are not footballers, but their their entire job is to make people think a Celtic centre half might be bad because they won a header against them. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, Starfield got that treatment off, you know, big strikers at the beginning, and you know, he was composed and fine in those games. But that's what people focus in on. Kobe actually found his feet really quickly. I thought against Maine and against the defence in general. Um, same with Starfield. He looked Starfield again, like I. Starfield will always get criticism. For me, a lot of it's just about the manner in which he defends. He can look a bit chaotic sometimes. Yeah. Um, and I think you're right. I think he took a little bit of time to adjust to being on the right-hand side. And it, again, combined with his general demeanour, uh, it just made him look like he was a wee bit lost at times. But again, he started to win headers. They started to dominate. Um, and they both looked really, really comfortable. But yeah, at the start, the mix-up, I think, as you say, there's four fact- There's a factor for each player there about why they're not quite locked in, 100% confident in 
the the positive about Kobayashi again, just the difference it makes having a left sided centre half who's naturally left sided. It's it's equaled it's matched by Juranovic looking so awkward on the left sometimes because it's just not his side. It's not his role of the pitch. These are professionals who do the same job every week. You know, you can't like very special players can play on two feet and can move positions and these things take a little bit of time getting used to, and that's why you see stupid early goals and stuff like that. So we get a wee break with the offside. Um, but yeah, that, after that, I think everyone's settled down. Yeah, uh, Annabelle, um, as it, as the game went on, they started to get more confident, and you know, deep into the second half, they looked comfortable as a unit. Yeah, I thought so. Like I say, it was actually exciting to watch the team try and play against us. I thought towards the end of the first half, they were starting to maybe get a bit annoyed at being 2-0 down and starting to get a bit like handbaggy like there was a couple of pulls a couple of niggly little things um you know we had Jota being brought down as well which is another one to flag interestingly no VAR check player goes down in the box not even looking at it but um yeah I think they seem to come out in the second half a bit rejuvenated and ready to kind of have another good go at it which sorry but no no chance you're not winning this one but um yeah I, I was really happy with the way they played but I thought our response was obviously even better to it um yeah, and just to say as well, going back to the whole Starfelt Kobayashi thing, um, I thought we kind of saw a great handoff um, is of like cover. Starfelt, you know, a bit wobbly in the beginning, Kobayashi a bit wobbly in the beginning, and then around sort of the 20 minute mark, I don't know if you remember that really slack Starfelt pass, which yeah. maybe comes from him being in unfamiliar territory where he's like, play, to be fair, it was a great through ball for the St. Marin player going through <laughs> on goal. Like, the wrong team um, but then we saw that great piece of defending from Kobayashi who was like it's okay I'm ready now I've got this and just you know that, that great following the player right back and blocking blocking. I don't know if it was a cross or a shot but it was a great block either way he, yeah so it was a nice little handoff of of like cover and I feel like from that point on they kind of instantly became a bit more right. established and gelled and it kind of got a bit cleaner after that yeah absolutely I've put that as well the, the misplaced pass by Starfield and Kobayashi he just stands up he lets the ball, he lets the situation breathe and he doesn't dive in and he almost just sees it out and, and blocks it off. There was another piece of play he had in the mid middle of the park where he has the ball at his feet and he does a little drag. The, 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 the striker's on him and pressuring him and he just does this little drag and just drags himself out of, out of um, the situation and he made himself completely clear. The boy has technical ability. Like He looks like he's a really good footballer with the ball at his feet. So that's... Great. And that was just two or three instances straight off the bat. You're looking at it thinking, oh, good thing for a footballer to have technical ability. Um, the 14th minute, that's just a bit weird, that. 14th minute, Celtic go 1 0 up. Um, we get a corner. Um, both centre halves are up for it. Starfield uh, has a, a, a nice attempt at it, which the goalkeeper saves. Uh, Kobayashi then crashes off the post. And who scores? Who scores? Lorenzo, you took us through it. Mr. Abada popping up with again, he, he has added to his game. Again, he misses sitters, that's fine. Kyogo misses sitters. Scott Sinclair missed 40 sitters a season and scored 40 goals. Yeah. This happens. Abada, when he's on it, he buries these things like he's, you know, the best striker in the league. Um, and we, we saw two really good efforts. Starfield so unlucky. Um, Kobayashi so unlucky. But when those things happen, that's usually like, the stramash in the box and it's just not going in it's just not going over the line the last ditch defending is getting there every time and Abada just steps up and absolutely buries it you know there's no snatching at it there's no fumbling over the line it's an instinctive striker who's just good at being in the right place he's hovering around the right areas it's much like the way he 
you know, knows where to be at the back post. He knows when to move. Yeah. It's, it's the same. He has that striker's instinct. I don't think he's a striker. We've seen him play through the middle and he's been kind of effective, but I think he's at his best just finding those wee areas. Yeah, absolutely. What did you make of the goal uh, yourself, Annabelle? Yeah, the goal that broke my throat. Um, <laughs> a very exciting passage of play. Um, it was just like, I was standing up and I was sitting down, standing up, sitting down. I'm gutted for Starfelt. I desperately want him to score again just because of how pure it was yeah. the last time he scored. Um, and also then just gutted for Kobayashi because what a debut that would have been. Centre-back coming on, starting at home and then just absolutely burying it. Um, gutted for him to hit the post. But yeah, you're right. It was That was, to me, a classic Abada goal. That was him all over, just hovering about the back post. He's he's so small and kind of sleek as well. He reminds me of an otter in a way. <laughs> he just kind of, he, he sneaks into those spaces really well and he's so quick and nippy and can just do it like really undetected. Um, and yeah, you're right. That finish, he absolutely buried it. I think it was a volley or a half volley. Just took it so incredibly well in what was by that point a really crowded box of just sheer panic at the amount of shots flying in so yeah it was a really exciting goal and a very abad goal um abad's new nickname the otter uh let's let's push that moving forward um (laughs) we take the lead we're one nil up uh at just this point, we're just in control. Uh, there's a couple of breakaways that St. Mirren have, but our, our recovery is very good. The centre half's stepping up uh, and putting pressure on the strikers as soon as, as anything kind of breaks. Um, what did you make of that period, Lorenzo, from our first goal, um, from our first goal to our second goal? There's about 20 minutes of play. What Any kind of things you took from that? Uh, the game was a wee bit more open. Again, that's much to St. Mirren's credit. They didn't just, I think a lot of teams at Parkhead would go damage control mode or the extreme form of counter-attacking, which is, you know, maybe we'll get a, a loose foul in their half at some point in the second half if we keep it tight. Um, so the game opened up a little bit. I, I thought we just looked really comfortable. You know, players like Hatate really just came into the game, started to take it over. Taking over would be what happened in that period for me. I think players who were, you know, new, unfamiliar positions, whatever, everyone had found their feet, were 1-0 up, you know, everyone, let's, you know, now it starts, now let's start ticking over playing our usual patterns of play uh, and then we get rewarded throughout the game with those but I think that was just the part of the game where we just started to to take control of it and it just felt like a big you know an easy home game again Yeah Annabelle this is almost when the when the game is kind of won because we really kind of put our stamp on on as, as Lorenzo says we have most of the possession we have most of the play we kind of let St. St. Mirren almost run themselves out a little bit um, what, what did you make of that kind of uh, period in the first half between the first goal and the second goal? Yeah, I was I was really happy with it because kind of going back to what I said earlier about how St Mirren's style of play almost informed ours in a way. I felt like we grew in confidence the more they came at us because, like I say, I really liked that they yeah they they did come out and try to play football. They're they're a really good side at the moment and they tried to do something which made for a really entertaining game. But it's like it's like it kind of our players got used to it. It's not like where a team sits in and then kind of rapidly counters and it's a bit like, oh, <clears throat> I felt like we were yeah. just kind of really going through the motions, but in a positive way of like, okay, they're they've got the ball, they're gonna come at us and do this. And everything just felt really competent and really smooth. And um, they were doing well to kind of pounce and intercept those kind of sh- passes we were doing. I thought overall passing was really good on our side, but they would kind of slip in every now and again. A couple of loose ones here and there, and they did well to take advantage of that. But yeah, I just thought we just kept coming back at them and like got into that routine of understanding that, okay, they're going to come at us, but it's okay because we know what to do. And it, it felt really weirdly comfortable. Um, I also just want to give special mention to Jota's attempted bicycle kick, um, which led to him falling on his arse and hurting his wrist. But it was very funny. And also 
funny to see that they're still at it with the bicycle kick. Still giving it a go. They've clearly got something going on in the dressing room. Yeah, there's clearly a like whoever scores the first bicycle kick gets this, you know, pool of money or, you know, what the car, I guess. Is that what people... I mean, they've all got pretty nice cars. You can have two of them if you're Jota or whoever scores the bicycle I think, kick. I think they probably already have about three or four. Yeah. Okay. Listen, I don't know. I'm, I it's don't probably know. like like a Mars bar or something. They're footballers. Oh, so it's it's, it's more like um, would you call it a what's the film a, with Eddie Murphy and Dan Aykroyd? The Nutty Professor. No, it's not the Nutty. <laughs> A trading pl- tra- trading places where it's the two billionaires and they do a bet for a pound. I'll move on. Um, <laughs> the thirty fourth minute, uh, Celtic make it two goals to nil, and I have to say that um, I-, I thought Hitati again today um, was really impressive at points. Again, his movement and his vision, his ability to drop the ball off and consistently move and make space and look for the return is you know unparalleled in our team. I think. Um, Hitati's pass to Kyogo. He sees Kyogo make the run and he he hits this wonderful ball that kind of just bends right into Kyogo's feet. And it was a first time scoopy lobby thing. Um I've just put here sublime finish, first time finish, uh lobby thing here. Um it was just the goal itself though is is genuinely is wonderful first time pass first time touch Lorenzo a match made in heaven Hatati to Kyogo yeah Hatati's such a unique the way he plays that kind of set midfield role is so different to kind of any other midfielder I watch anyway I think he just created his own kind of style and I think it's his comfortability with Angie's system he's been given a bit of freedom to make his own role um, definitely in the way he receives the ball anyway uh, and as you say Kyogo it's a classic Kyogo run, you know, it's it's a hair on side, it's perfectly timed, the pass is perfectly weighted. And Kyogo has got so he's got a few, you know, finishes that are those little lobs. I've never seen Kyogo put a chip or a lob anywhere other than the back of the net. Yeah. His measure for these things, his delicate touch on the ball is so ridiculous. For a guy again who will miss the odd sitter, who will not catch a six yard tap in cleanly. His measure of these lobs and these volleys and the same with his passing is so unique. Um, Larson-esque. No. Uh, <gasps> no. There is. Just, no. I mean, just a, a phenomenal goal. A great tag team to use your some of your wee wrestling vernacular, Chris. Thank you. Um, yeah. It's <laughs> Legion of Doom. That's a tag team. That's a wrestling thing. Uh, Annabelle. You know, it was just a beautifully worked goal. What do? You, how did it make you feel, Annabelle? That's a great question because what I was going to say on the Rio Hotate issue is that I think I'm running out of things to say about Rio Hotate yeah. and how good and unique he is in that midfield and how lucky we are to have such a player who's he's really hard to compare to anyone else. But I think I think the best compliment I can give I can give Rio is is watching him play just makes me really happy. Pretty much any time he's on the ball and does anything, it just fills me with joy. And then when he smiles with that mouth guard in, yeah, it just makes me really happy. He's just a delightful footballer to watch. This is just another great example of what he can do. And that chip, just what? It, for me, it was one of those ones where when he hits it, and it's, it was a really high one, it was very looping. And when I saw it go up, I was like, oh, he's fucked it. Um, yeah. And then for it to land in the back of the net, it was just like physics. 
what like what happened there which is yeah beautifully worked well for me I don't know for me that's a contender for goal of the year I just I love the like you say how beautifully worked it was and how it's one I love goals that look like they're not going to go in and then they do it's probably one of my favorite my favorite categories of goals so yeah it just made me really really happy me too me too <laughs> Um, I just think, see, when the ball comes to them in that situation, I think there would be some strikers who would either try and take a touch or try and just, like, hit it low. Um, which, you know, I, I can understand the kind of first time hit it low. Taking a touch is probably, you know, you're going to get yourself into a muddle at that point, give the, the defender time to get across. But it's just how he takes it. Like, I watched that a number of times, and I've, I've, I've watched it on my phone a couple of times as well. Like, it, it's like one motion. Like it's like it's like literally scoops the ball, lets the ball do all the work, I guess, and just kind of uses the ball's momentum to lift it over. And I, I agree, Annabelle. I thought it was over. I thought it was going to kind of drift over as well. But as it kind of dropped it down, um, just really, I, I think at two 0 I think that's the ball game sort of thing. I think that Celtic are very confident. We're playing really, really well. St Mirren, I think their heads go down a little bit because straight after that, Jota's got an opportunity uh, and I don't know how he kind of misses it. Um, it, it can you talk me through that opportunity, um, Annabelle? Um, it was a corner. Um, so just to note, we were actually looking pretty dangerous from set pieces today. Yeah. Um, I feel like we went through a phase where we were really good at corners and then that dropped off massively, but it appears to be coming back now, which is really exciting to see. Um, well, he was off for stars. I'm assuming we we're going to talk about that, which is really disappointing. So at the end of the day, I think we're all glad he didn't score it because there's nothing more crushing than Jota starting a celebration and having to cut it short. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know how he missed it either, to be frank. I could have done a more replays, to be honest, but he just, um, he's at the back post. Maybe he's trying to do the wee abada kind of sneaking in thing, but wasn't really a very Jota goal, was it? And yeah, it just, it just absolutely fires into the side netting. Um, but that's all the detail I have because it was a really weird angle. It wasn't a Jota goal. It could have been a good otter goal but uh, unfortunately <laughs> there wasn't an opportunity for a bad but um at that point just before half time Lorenzo you know if that if that third one had went in before half time we probably would have really kind of opened up in the second half not that we didn't open up because we, we did obviously create a lot of chances but you know when you lose a goal and then you lose a goal straight after that as well it's that double tap effect that can have a big sort of psychological influence so for the from St Mirren point of view they'd probably be very relieved yeah I mean I think the Wednesday night games particularly in the winter um, at Parker are so strange but I think I think the second half of them which is why again good that we're up two goals in the first half I think the second half of these games can drop off a cliff particularly if you're winning you know if you're winning comfortably everything just starts to you know damage control sets in from the opposition uh, the comfortability becomes complacency these things happen I don't think we became complacent tonight uh, but I think uh, there was never too much of a chance of it becoming some sort of route. I think St. Marin are probably just a wee bit too good defensively compared to maybe a team, you know, way down the bottom of the league or something like that. Um, but yeah, it was it was could not have been more comfortable. In the same breath as saying, you know, I don't think we were going to go out and pump them. I don't think there was. I think it was a, a glorified training session for most of the second half. Um, half time. How are you feeling at half time, uh, Annabelle? Comfortable, happy, looking forward to what we could do in the second half. Yeah, just just that's it, exactly. Comfortable, not stressed. Just felt excited for the second half to start. Because I, I think you're right. I think going into the second half 2-0, that's a really good scoreline. Because like you say, it's not enough where you can just sit back and take your foot off the pedal. Um, but we're also not losing and not in danger of, you know, we're not drawing either. So it's was, it was a really comfortable place to be. Um, I was worried because, like I said, I did think St Mirren 
I saw a few kind of niggly little fills right before the halftime whistle. Yeah. So I was worried. I was like, oh, they're going to settle into handbags. It's going to be really just tough we might risk injuries could become one of those seconds half that they're just starting to get frustrated which like you say it might have if we, we had got that third goal right before half time they might have just completely killed them but I think 2-0 was perfect because for them they're going into that thinking we've still got a chance 2-0 is not you know insurmountable we can still come back from that and that showed when they came out in the second half I think so I think it was yeah all a really good recipe for a comfortable half time and then also a really good second half. Lorenzo you were happy at half time were you? Yes absolutely <laughs> uh Tune it up. Very easy day. I think these games you need to just, you know, tick them off um, until you meet, you know, your title rivals again um, and just keeping pace, you know, keeping pace with each other uh, and particularly this whole fictional St. Marin hoodoo that they're the only team that have beat us uh, was nice and ticked off early. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask you guys how, how you think we started the second half, but I'll, I'll take that one up. I was delighted with how we started the second half. I, st- I thought we had a lot of energy. Um, I thought we were, you know, I think you're very right, Lorenzo, in regards to sometimes these games, they do kind of drop off a little bit. Not as much under Ange, but it still has happened under Ange. Um, and, you know, that is kind of your fear where it's almost like job done and then, you know, just keep possession and kind of play around. But I, we didn't rest on our... Morals or Lolos. Um and Lowells. Um there was some great play on the fiftieth minute between McGregor, Jota and Juranovic. The the movement, a triangle down the left hand side, um it's a really great just kind of interlinking passes passage of play, bamboozle in the St. St. Mirren uh, entire defence. Um and you know, from that point of view, um Annabelle um, you know, the goal comes quickly after that, but that was almost like a little sort of set piece to show that we're still going to be aggressive and try and get goals. Yeah, it was it was a wee bit of drama. That I had a note about that exact interplay between Jota McGregor and um, and Juranovic. It was it was delightful. You know, you're thinking, good, we really aren't going to sit back. We're just it was it was like the sit the the halftime never happened. It was just a great continuation of that first yeah. half, which is which is really refreshing to see. Um, Oh, I'm so excited to talk about the goal. <laughs> uh, th- hey, let's let's get involved. Fifty second minute. Talk me through the goal. Oh, just this is where I'm moving over to VAR CSE after the last reaction where I decided that VAR is terrible and shouldn't exist. And maybe I'm switching sides. It's only one game, but it was this was a really nice to see. Um, a, a great, just another beautiful Kyogo. This was another nostalgia goal for me. It was such a great Kyogo Jota link up. It felt like it was right back at the 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 start of Andrew's first season again, just yeah. that, that lovely era where they were linking up so nice. And obviously with, with the squad depth, we see it less these days. Um, but yeah, I think I think it was Juranovic who started the move with the yeah. pass um, to Jota, who just has that absolutely fantastic run and then makes one of the most perfect passes I think I've ever seen across goal to Kyogo. <laughs> I've, I've, I don't think I've seen a lot of these. You guys will know more than me, you've been watching football longer, but I don't think I've seen a lot of... Um, on sides where it's because the player's behind the ball and a, a pass that goes forward to the player is technically a pass back. I think, is that how the rule works? That's how I had it explained to me, but I'm still a bit confused. But that pass from Jota over to Kyogo, it gets flagged offside. You're looking at the replays, you're thinking, that's on. He's he's behind the ball somehow. How is this even possible? And that the, the curvature of the pass from Jota, I think, is going to be in my dreams tonight because it was just so perfect the way it curled over and landed in front. And then when you get that pass to Kyogo in front of goal, you know he's putting it away the form he's on. So, 
yeah, I was too excited. I got all muddled up. But yeah, that was a really weird kind of flagged offside and ruled onside because of him being behind the ball. Just for me, that's quite rare. I don't know if I've seen that before in, in any of our games so far. Lorenzo, thoughts? Yeah, I think the goal was just inch perfect at every kind of... I think it kind of started with some slack play from Juranovic that he then won the ball back, you know, and went back to... It's almost like we saw, you know, left-back Juranovic for a minute and he got a bit muddled up and he lost the ball in his own yeah. half and then he went, hold on a minute, I'm Joseph Juranovic and I want a big move. <laughs> and he went, won the ball back, started a move. Um, like you say, Jota to Kyogo, that goal, we've seen it before. We've seen that goal so many times. Um even when Jota puts the ball across, I think you see so many like low crosses in a game of football that, you know, so many of them, you just get blocked by a defender, they go into kind of nothing areas. But when Jota puts that across, Hugo looks like he's, you know, it's so nailed on. There's a defender right on him. Yeah. Just seems powerless to do anything about it. Hugo is running straight ahead. He's running towards the ball. We all know where it's coming from, but he they just seem powerless to stop it. And I think that's just the quality and the, the kind of connection between Jota and Kyogo that makes these goals look so easy and so simple. And when we're at our best under range, we score goals like this every game. Yeah. I, I mean, Annabelle, you've summed up really well. Like, it was just so gorgeous. The ball in, like, the curvature of the ball and how it kind of, and as you say, Lorenzo, like, as that ball is played, nothing, it's going to be a goal. Like, you know, it's just, let it, um, it, it it's, pitch perfect for Kyogo as he kind of works onto it um, I think big props to Juranovic for winning the ball back um, to kind of start that um, and you know Jota's balling was exceptional and Kyogo had the easiest of tasks um, but he needs to be there at that point so his his timing, the timing of his run is is what makes the goal as well but yeah, um, so the ball was uh, ahead of the the, the the players, the the line, and and so that's why it was on on side. But again, it was kind of as the goal was scored, they were doing the VAR check. It just takes very, it just takes a very long time. It just takes, even if it's for us, even if it's a good decision, it just kind of like I, you know, I wasn't at the game today. Um, I gave Claire the season ticket, and um, when I've been in the stadium, it, it just sucks the life out of the stadium. It really, it really, really does. Um, but ultimately it went our way, um, so that was a, a massive uh, positive. There was a kind of uh, 65th minute. There was a little defensive scare, um, a ball in from St. Jo- um, from St. John's, sorry, from St. Mirren, and Gallagher just gets ahead of um, Starfield and uh, hits the bar. Um, we thought it was a save from from Joe Hart, but it was it was uh, just off the bar. Then we make a, a number of substitutions. We have Turnbull, Moy, and Forrest coming on for Abada, O'Reilly, and Tati. Uh, Lorenzo, those substitutions, what was your thoughts when you seen the board go up? Um, I mean, to be able to bring on Maida and, and... Or, sorry, the players that we brought on in general, I guess. I'm yeah. Super obsessed talking about Maida. Uh, Turnbull's a player who just he feels like he's just like a character in a TV show who comes on at Parkhead <laughs> to me I don't know what it is I, I, I feel for him in the sense that he's he's still such a quality footballer it's just so strange maybe because we've been so set on that midfield three and now you know Moy's coming and, and taking a role and now we think about Moy and now we're all excited about Iwata and it just feels like Turnbull is a bit of the odd man out but he will come on in these games and he will show flashes uh, but some of his passing was a wee bit loose 
Um, but obviously, we'll talk about Weeders later. But to be able to bring on, you know, Moy and Turnbull as as a rotational midfield two around your captain in the SPL, uh, it's just ridiculous depth. Scot- um, Scottish Premiership, the SPL doesn't exist, mate. Uh, you know, the SPL is a great league. Um, <laughs> James Forrest is not a great player anymore, but it's nice to stay as a wee run out. Um, uh, what, what, what was your thought? What was your thoughts on the substitutions, Annabelle? I just love how it sounds like James Forrest is a kid that's won at like a <laughs> like a charity thing where it's like, oh, it's good to give him a wee run out every now and again. He gets all excited. He has a good time. Oh, bless him. Um, sorry, what's the question? I was going to be laughing. About <laughs> uh, Turnbull, Moy, and Forrest coming on for Abad O'Reilly and Hatati. What was your thoughts yeah. on on those substitutions? Very excited to see Moy coming on because, like, like you say, Lorenzo, everything's changed so much. Where I remember kind of being cool on Moy at the start, like I think most of us were to be honest. Like, yeah. what's he even doing here? And now he's to be. I mean, to be fair to Ange, you know, he said it the whole time. He's going to have a role to play, and he's going to improve in a lot of us wrong as he loves to do. And Moy's just he's now a player where I'm like, oh, good, Moy's coming on. That's so exciting. And there was at one point Moy. I know we'll talk about it more later, but Moy had like a passage to play that was so good that I thought it was Maeda because they're both bald, but. <laughs> It turned out it was it was Moy. My eyesight's not very good, and um, but yeah, it's it's it really good, and and it does speak a lot to the depth of the squad. And 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 David Turnbull, I I also am kind of feeling sorry for him as well. I've got I've had a lot of opinions on Turnbull in the past, but it's a shame because he, he is so naturally gifted. But I do like that he does have that incredible ability to kind of be forgettable in a way with the squad that we have, but to then be very capable of reminding us very loudly that he's still there and still has value in some shape or form. His technique is really, really good. Like his his ability to hit a ball uh, and kind of keep it within the range of you know of goal, I guess, is is just fantastic. And we will talk about that as it, as it happens. Um, as it happens, that's like we're going to talk about it live. Seventy <laughs> uh, second minute, we've got a goal disallowed. Boo! Um, there's a break in the middle of the park. Uh, I'm, I think it was Jota who puts the ball through. Um, to Kyogo uh, and Kyogo just rolls the ball over to James Forrest and James Forrest puts the ball in but it's offside was it offside Lorenzo? Um, yes it was it was wasn't it it was quite clear no no I can't I, I, I mean, they, I mean what, run I, into one to they, me they, 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 sh- like they showed a line yeah. with I don't trust them oh no this is the one with it's like a, it's like a t-shirt line part isn't it aye, aye yeah I okay don't I don't like that them. one nah, no for me I don't trust them you know another great goal um, <laughs> yeah I'm just, let's just count it that it's the um the confidence that breeds that ingenuity from jo- like, you know that's a it was such an inst- it was a genius perfect creative ball but it was instinctive at the same time because these players are kind of imbued with that confidence that they can go out and play like that yeah you know they're they're there to entertain as well uh that the rest of them know what each other's thinking that somebody will run on to this you know, he's got a player Kyogo in front of him who is a step ahead of everyone. So Jota's got no hesitation in playing a ball without kind of making eyes at him, without waiting to see if he's making the run. Uh, and that is the most exciting thing about this team when they're ticking. Um, and just, I'm very disappointed that goal got called back because that would have been my favourite. Yeah, Annabelle, uh, you, you were all bloody positive about VAR. Explain yourself now. I know, I'm so ashamed of myself. I'm back to thinking VAR should be permanently <laughs> banned. Good, good. Um, well, it's, for me, it's one of those ones, it was like I was saying, um, me, and, me and Graham in the last reaction, we're both kind of agreeing that with, with those kind of decisions where the player has no 
no chance of knowing whether or not they're offside. What is the point? You know, those for me are the ones where I'm thinking that just just let them have it. You know, the, the players, they're too close. They're not going to know. It's not reasonable to expect them to have any awareness of that. So I just don't think that would constitute unfair play, um, in my opinion. So, yeah, it was another beautifully worked goal, um, which was really sad to see. And it's, it's again, it's, it's like you're saying, Lorenzo, it's the consistency, I think, of Ange's style of play and his... Um, stubbornness and not moving away from that as much as possible that kind of builds these kind of patterns into the team and the way we play so like like you say the players they always know someone's going to run onto that yeah someone's going to be in that space I know exactly how to hit this that someone's going to take advantage of it and yeah it doesn't always come off but it does a lot of the time and that's only going to get better over time as you know as long as Ange stays and keeps stamping his uh cycle of play into these players I mean the ball across from Kyogo was it wasn't identical to Jota's but it was very similar to Jota's and it's you know that it's like that kind of when you get it into these areas this is exactly what I want you to do and you know they are there's a blueprint there and they're following that blueprint and it's uh, you know reaping uh, rewards uh Kyogo comes off for Maeda uh, Jota comes off for Haksabarovic that's bad <laughs> I don't know, uh, but I, I'm a big uh, big Haxabanovich uh, fan. I think he's I think he's terrific. So it's good to see him back. Um, hopefully he can get a run of games, get himself fit because uh, I think he's a, a genuinely um, really interested in pragmatic sort of footballer. So it's, it's really good to see. Um, 85th minute, um, Haxabanovich is, is involved and so is Moy. Um, we have some a really nice kind of uh, build up uh, play and. You know, we have an opportunity and it goes out for a corner and we do a short corner um, and it's uh, played from Haxabanovich to Moy. They do a kind of one-two and Moy rolls the ball out for David Turnbull and he is about 30 yards out and just the technique and the ability to put it so tight and so low to the right-hand post of the goalkeeper, absolutely no chance. Annabelle, thoughts on that goal? Absolute screamer. I just... I can't believe how far he was, and and yeah, another another goal from. I mean, I don't like short corners. I'd love, I'd love actually. I need to get in touch with Christian, and get some stats because I really, I just don't like short corners, and I don't know why we do so many. But clearly, they're good, especially this one. We scored from it, so I can't complain. I guess, but yeah, it was it was absolutely stunning, and it was that was him. Yeah, shouting very loudly. I'm still here, and that that ability that's so rare in a player. How many of those does he score? It's just. Like, like like Lorenzo said, I didn't think his passing was great. He had quite a few sloppy passes, giving up the ball and kind of looked almost a bit lethargic at times. Like after having lost position, just kind of, you know, aimlessly walking about. Whereas we've seen other players tonight, like Juranovic, for example, and there's a point where Hitati lost the ball. Then they sort of turned into the Terminator, determined to get it back. Like yeah. their life depends on it, which is the mentality you would expect from this team. But yeah, I felt... Turnbull just looked a bit, yeah, almost a bit down on himself after mucking up a few times. And then then he scores that and you're thinking, right, well, you've earned your spot in, in this game anyway. That was absolutely worth bringing you on for. But I was kind of sad that he didn't celebrate. What's going on there? Is is he all right? <laughs> well, Lorenzo, is David Turnbull all right? He actually played for St. Mirren um, <laughs> as a four-year-old. Oh. Did he actually? No, I don't. I don't <laughs> think that's true. Jesus. I did uh, get confused and thought we were playing Motherwell because of the lack of <laughs> celebration, but um, yeah, weird. Lorenzo, what's your thoughts on the goal? Um, great. I mean, he might not be like an Ange player, but he has such unbelievable ability. And I love a long range drive that goes in the bottom corner. I think there is technique to that that is beyond, you know, I think a lot of players can put their foot through a ball 
and try and keep it straight and try and keep it direct, not make it rise too much. You know, that is how a professional footballer hits a ball hard. When professionals from the edge of the box or outside the box dig it and dip it in the bottom corner, that is sheer technique. Yeah. You know, that you can't just do that. You don't just put your foot through a ball and do that. And Turnbull does it with such ease sometimes. Um, yeah, I, I really, really like him as a footballer. I just don't quite know where it where it ends with him and Celtic or where it goes. And uh, I think we're usually quite set. As like, as like a fan base, we usually have kind of black and white opinions on players or you're excited to see players kind of come into a squad or he will get there or he's going to be big in the future. With Turnbull, it feels like we know what he does. We know how well he does it, but it's just not right. Or it's not gonna. He's not gonna displace him in the starting eleven. And does Turnbull want to be a guy who's never gonna feel like he can displace somebody in the starting eleven? Do we we need a guy like that in the bench? Is that worthwhile? Um, or can we cash on him? I don't know. But yeah, I mean, I mean the goal was great. Yeah, I mean, with Iwata coming in as well, you know, that's another kind of space that it's just another kind of rung in the ladder and he's kind of dropping down it a little bit. I like Turnbull a lot. I think I think as I say, like when the ball comes to him. This isn't like a one-off though. It's not like oh he hit it and it was like oh what a great goal and it's a little bit special sound. And he does this a lot. He does it fairly, not fairly regular, but he's done it fairly regular in his Celtic career. Uh, and you know I think he's he's got a lot of technique, a lot of ability. And it was kind of sad that he didn't necessarily celebrate. Um, there'll be frustration there. This is a guy who's you know a Scotland squad regular, and if he's not playing, he probably won't get picked. So. Yeah, we'll see what happens in that regard. Um, but it was a great goal. Uh, that made it 4-0. That was the last of the goal scoring. Um, there was a, a good save from Joe Hart, uh, about the 87th minute. Um, a sort of half ball comes in, half volley, and he makes a, he makes a good save. Makes a save he should be making, but, you know, still uh, props to him for making it. Um, Can I mention something about that? Of course. Chris, um, was that a Shaughnessy shot? Uh, I don't remember, but I think it might have been. I think so, yeah. I would like to give a mention to Shaughnessy. Shaughnessy lives in Stirling, where where I reside. Um, in fact, he lives in the same building as my parents, whom I visit regularly. Um, during the Christmas period, um, my mum was giving me a lift home and in the car park, who did I see outside his car? Joe Shaughnessy. And guess what I witnessed him do? He dropped his eggs. So I got to watch him drop a carton of eggs, pick up the carton, and then have to open the carton to look at his eggs to see how badly broken they were to decide if he then had to go back out and buy more eggs. I realise that's a really boring story, but it makes me laugh every time I think of it. I'm mean, embarrassed twice tonight. Uh, yeah, and, and the fact of the matter, he's no very good at defending, is he? If he's dropping his eggs. <laughs> that's all I kept saying during the games. Let me another egg there. Eggs, eggs. Um, yeah. But, um, you know, uh, looking at like the game overall, uh, 4-0, clean sheet, Clean sheet for the new central defender. Um, Juranovic kind of looking like just how he plays. There's not any sort of look that he's not trying. There's no, he's very enthusiastic. He, he was trying his heart out. So that's really, really good to see whether he goes, whether he stays. It's a different thing. Just want to see him be professional, which he has been. Um, but let's go to man of the match. And if you've got any takeaways uh, that you want to kind of uh, drop in. Uh, Lorenzo, man of the match. Uh, Kyogo for me. I think he was just doing all the Kyogo things right. And, you know, the much as much as, you know, somebody like Cal McGregor is the kind of heartbeat of the team, Kyogo is always the focal point. I think even if Jota's man of the match, even with one of the wingers plays amazingly, Kyogo is so key to everything that goes on in that final third of the pitch. Um, I thought he was at his absolute best tonight. 
Annabelle, your man of the match? Yeah, if I'm having to give a serious answer, it would be Kyogo. There's, it was a really comprehensive team performance tonight, which I love to see, just a really whole, competent performance. But at the same time, can be a bit boring in the way. It's like Kyogo's the obvious man of the match. Yeah, of course, he played excellently tonight and it was pretty much a perfect performance from him nearly. But I want to give a special shout out, runner-up man of the match, and that goes to Alistair Johnson, who I feel like we haven't really talked about. I thought he had a great game. Um, He's slotting into this team really, really nicely, which is always a surprise when it happens, when it shouldn't be, because we know now that Ange is so good at finding these players that do slot into our style of play really well. But no, he's been a delight to watch. But the main reason I want to give him a shout out is because he took a throw in while sitting on his arse at the side of the pitch. That's incredible. That is dedication to the flow of play and not letting the game slow down. That's Ange ball in its purest form. Was, was that moment we never stop even when we're we falling on our arse uh very good Beautiful. point yeah um i think also johnson's yeah he's slotting in well i think we didn't talk about him because he, he, he went about his his work very well today you know again i don't think he was a standout in any way but very competent did what he had to do yeah good stuff uh any takeaways lorenzo uh no i'll just piggyback on also johnson just because i've not had a chance to say how much i enjoy him uh i think we've got you know, we've got like a Coach Carter North American instead of like a Ted Lasso, right? You know, he's, he seems like a hard worker. Uh, he loves, I think, the fact he has a system to play in. I just feel like he seems to really enjoy that. Um, and he's a hard tackler. I think he used to play ice hockey there soon. Uh, I don't know how far he went in that, but that's a lot of throwing your body about. Everyone in Canada played ice hockey. My wee cousin loves an ice hockey. Uh, loves an ice hockey, lives in Canada. Everyone plays ice hockey. There you go. He's got a fantastic big mouth. Yeah, he does. He's got. Yeah, he is a nice boy. Annabelle, any final takeaways on Alistair Johnson's mouth or just generally? <laughs> just in general, you could fit a few takeaways in there. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just got that really late. Um, yeah, and um, also, yeah, I like how he's got a bit of rough and tumble about him. By the way, just before I move on from him, and he's you know shoving a few players around tonight. So I think for being a nice you know little Canadian boy, I think he's a bit. Got a little bit of feistiness about him, which I like. Um, no, takeaways is just, um, I, it feels really weird to be sitting in this stage of the January window, watching a performance like that from a position of knowing that we likely have outgoing players, you know, imminently. But we've already brought in several players and we still have the squad depth of like an ocean trench. It's just, it feels really strange and really comfortable and I'm, and I'm really enjoying it. And I'm looking forward to seeing more rotation and hopefully more kind of, comfortable delightful wins like that moving forward without having to worry about losing you know a couple of our best players in the window and having no one to replace them exactly comfortable exciting fun today i just felt was really good to watch celtic and uh, we scored some really good goals and uh, yeah job done lorenzo pacitti it's been a pleasure sir thank you very much definitely enjoyed it i sometimes hate these wednesday games i sometimes love them and i love them even more when i get to react with you chris oh thank you very much lorenzo wonderful annabelle it's been a pleasure as always it's been great. Thank you so much. I'm looking forward to going to bed and dreaming about that Jota pass. <laughs> Annabelle McDonald, Lorenzo Pacitti, I'm Chris Gallagher. This has been The Reaction and we'll speak to you down the road. <laughs>